Hello, my name is Chloe Smith and I'm a student ambassador for Eclipse Scotland. Um, I work alongside the team at Eclipse Scotland on their student campaign. Some of you might know of it. Um, it's usually promoted as hashtag student September. Um, and this is our three part podcast series, Living with Epilepsy, the Student Experience. Um, last year, I started the series, which is student focused and student led. The aim of the podcast series is to not only share experiences of students with epilepsy, but also just to provide information on epilepsy for both students and faculty members within colleges and universities across Scotland. Last year, the three episodes covered three different topics. The first being cognition, epilepsy and learning. The second was epilepsy, mental health and support. And the third was epilepsy and the student social life. All three of these episodes are still available to listen to on our Talk Epilepsy Spotify page. Um, this year, the first episode will cover sleep, stress and epilepsy. The second will cover OCD, ADHD and epilepsy. And the third will be social support and epilepsy. So let's get started. Um, and welcome to episode one of season two, sleep, stress and epilepsy. Um, first, I will talk a little bit about the topic and then later I will be joined with psychologist Jun Hua Ding, who will talk about his research that he does um, at Edinburgh University on epilepsy, uh, and also a little bit about sleep, stress and epilepsy. So for those who don't know much about it, epilepsy is a neurological condition that is characterised by recurring seizures and remains a significant public health concern worldwide. Sleep deprivation and heightened stress levels are known to have adverse effects on overall health, um, but beyond their general impact, these factors can also significantly influence the occurrence and severity of seizures in individuals with epilepsy. So let's explore the relationship between a lack of sleep increased stress levels and the effect on epilepsy. Um, sleep deprivation has long been recognized as a potential trigger for seizures in individuals with epilepsy. The link between sleep and epilepsy is intricate as disrupted sleep patterns can lower the seizure threshold. A consistent lack of sleep can increase the frequency and intensity of seizures, therefore negatively impacting the individual's quality of life. Um, research has highlighted the critical role of sleep in regulating brain excitability, providing evidence for the adverse effects of sleep deprivation on epilepsy. Um, stress, both chronic and acute, has been acknowledged as a prominent factor that can worsen epilepsy symptoms. Stress stimulates the release of stress hormones, alters neurotransmitter balance and activates the sympathetic nervous system, thereby increasing the risk of seizures. Um, in 2005, there was a study that discovered that stress precedes nearly 80% of seizures. 
underscoring the importance of managing stress and epilepsy management. Um, while sleep deprivation and increased stress levels can worsen epilepsy symptoms, it is essential to recognize the bidirectional relationship between epilepsy and these factors. Epileptic seizures themselves can disrupt sleep and lead to daytime fatigue, perpetuating a cycle of sleep deprivation. Um, also, the emotional burden and anxiety associated with epilepsy can contribute to increased stress levels, creating a reciprocal relationship. Um, whilst several plausible explanations have been proposed, the exact mechanisms underlying how sleep deprivation and stress affect epilepsy are complex um, and not fully understood. Uh, however, we do know for certain that a lack of sleep and heightened stress levels can significantly affect individuals with epilepsy, increasing the frequency and intensity of seizures and impacting their overall well-being. Um, understanding and managing these factors are crucial for effective um, epilepsy management uh, and Further research is needed to explore the underlying mechanisms and developed, um, develop targeted interventions for individuals with epilepsy who suffer from sleep deprivation increased um, stress levels. Uh, these are all very important things to keep track of when managing your epilepsy, especially for students. Um, as we know, the student life comes with many late nights, um, many interrupted sleep for various reasons. Um, a lot of days, weeks, months where your stress levels are very heightened. Um, and as we know that this can have a, such a negative effect on a person with epilepsy, um, it's definitely something you need to keep track of. Um, and if you're struggling with this, you should definitely contact your student support services that your college or university can provide for you. And now we welcome our guest, postdoctoral associate Jun Hua Ding, who will talk to us a bit about his work and then epilepsy and sleep. Hi, Ding. Hello. Nice to meet you, Chloe. Nice to meet you. I think you are very brave that you just invite a foreigner to your first episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid when they listen after this episode, nobody would listen to this this podcast. Everyone will listen to this yeah, podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by the way, my name is Ding, you know, the, the Typhoon Ring, <laughs> and I'm from China. I have been in Scotland for my research for mm -hmm. two years. Wow. So yeah, basically, I really love there. Yeah, it's a lovely place, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And... Um, what is it that you're doing in Edinburgh? What brought you to Edinburgh? Well, basically nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, still a lot of things. Uh, very busy, in fact. Mm -hmm. So basically, we just do some research here. Uh, we study brain sciences. If you know what is really it is, uh, you can also call it psychology. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, we just uh, don't only study their behavior of the human beings. Mm. It also relates our cognitive functions to the brain. So we call ourselves neuroscientists. So basically, we just uh, recruit many of different kind of brain disorder participants 
like dementia, like the ADHD, like stroke, mm. also epilepsy, mm -hmm. brains, just uh, to just record their brain signals or look at their brain scannings to see that how our brain relates to the con different cognitive function. For me, I just uh, specially focus on the language production, mm. how we speak things quite differently. You know, you can speak things quite fluently, but not for me. So that's, a, that's some difference. So mm. we can find some uh, mechanism in the brain, why it happened. Yeah. That's basically my work. Yeah. That's so interesting. Mm -hmm. You think so? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't really understand. Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> uh, I just uh, my hobby is like alcohol <laughs> and uh, charming girls. <laughs> I also have some vice. <laughs> okay, yeah. That's me. If you want to contact me, uh, I have a website at uh -huh. a university. Uh huh. Any questions? Yeah, just uh, send me an email. Yeah. Yeah. Um. What is your email address, if you don't mind? That's <laughs> uh, J D I N G thirty three at E D I A C dot U K. Right. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you very much. And um, I was hoping that we could talk a little bit about sleep and epilepsy. Whoa, that's a good question. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you would be able to just tell us a little bit about that relationship. Between sleep and uh, epilepsy? Mm -hmm. Well, that's a very complex question because mm. they have some bad directional relationship. If you have a bad sleep, it may cause the epilepsy. Mm. And uh, vice versa, if you just have epilepsy, it may also influence your sleep quality. So we can maybe start from the sleep. My opinion is very simple that we need to have a very good sleep, mm. especially for your college or university students. Yeah, absolutely. Because you had party every day. <laughs> <laughs> I can always hear it when it's weekend or Friday, when I just go through the town, I just always hear a very loud music. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So all the students just have party. Mostly right, students. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I don't think that's really good for your health. No. Yeah, people should have very good, healthy, very regular sleep every day. And they need to have very long time. Mm. I mean, it's, it really varies um, for the different individuals. Some people may only need five hours. Some people may need eight hours. Or some people may need 10 hours. Yeah. Just find the best time for you. That's the most important thing. Yeah. Especially for the sleeping, you know, we have different stages. That's a very basic thing. We have four different stages. We have like very, um, like deep deep sleep. It's like your sleep is just gradually change from very surface to very deep by different cycles. Mm. So it means that if you sleep more, probably you have a chance to go to the deep sleep. Yeah, it will be better for your health. For example, your memory. Sleep is helpful. It's good for you for you to consolidate consolidate your memory. Mm. You have learned a lot of things during the daytime, and in the in the night, if you sleep, it can just help you remember everything. 
So I mean, it's good for your students, especially for your exam. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> At the end of semester, it's really important. Mm -hmm. And also, it's good for you to clean all of you a bad mood. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When you sleep, you have some dreams, you know the fluids that have, you can just uh, uh, list out all of your unconscious needs, then you may feel better after you just wake up. Mm. So that means it's important. Also, we have some mm, some some dreaming stage. You know, it's only a few minutes. In fact, you don't don't drink all the night. You know that sometimes you just dream for a few minutes, but that's important for the dreaming because it's quite special. Yeah. So for for that time, you can just uh, maybe do the memory or different things. So it's better that your sleep is not interrupted by different things. Mm. Uh -huh. For example, for me, that uh, I have some neighbors, they have a dog, they are just barking. So, <laughs> so it interrupts me a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not that's, good. That's, yeah, but it's also maybe similar for you. Yeah. You hear, hear some noise, you're just uh, you're sleeping, is interrupted. It yeah. just uh, makes you feel very tired for the next day. Yeah. I sometimes kind of fear it. Yeah. Very fatigued yeah. for the next day. So, that's what I'm saying. If somebody has some epilepsy, they may have some seizures in the night during their sleep. So when it happens, it will be very difficult. The sleep must be interrupted. Yeah. So they can't have a whole sleep cycles. They feel very tired for the next days. They won't be able to have good memories or things. They really improve their life. Yeah. Also, you know, the essence of epilepsy is it's because of the our brain waves. Mm. Usually, we have a very regular wave uh, for our daily life. It's like your your heart rhythm. It's very regular, but for the epilepsy, they usually have some seizures. So it means that it's very fast and irregular waves in our brain. So it's not a really healthy condition. I mm. feel. So if you don't have a good sleep, probably yeah. It may just change your brain. Yeah. So you will have one more probability to just have a seizure mm. or even just develop to an epilepsy. Yeah. So that's why we really need a good sleep, not just for your for your healthy something, also for just to prevent you just have some mental health problems. Yeah, of mm. course. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I talk too much. <laughs> no, no, not at all. This is brilliant. This is uh, this is exactly what we need. Yes, I... um, and of course, like when you're a student, there's a lot of things, like you said, that can keep you up at night. Um, so of course, if there's like interrupted sleep from seizures, and then there could also be like some partying in late nights or staying up late just from your studying, mm -hmm. or if you're stressed about yes, uh... exams and your coursework and yeah. stuff like this, that can also cause a lack of sleep. Um, so how exactly does stress play into all in terms of the relationship with sleep and then also epilepsy? Well, yeah, it's quite interesting, right? Mm. Because, I mean, th these three things all have some relation mm. because stress may just lead to the bad sleep and basically lead to the epilepsy. So it means that if you have a lot of stress, it's maybe also can just contribute to final the seizures or epilepsy, right? So, in fact, stress is some, I think it's uh, some mental health problems. Mm. So we don't know how stress changes the brain, 
but it does change it. It doesn't doesn't change uh, like uh, some specific brain regions, some focal ways. No, it changes in some general states for your brain. Brain is quite complex. We can never really understand it, but it's more like a a network. Yeah, it's all everything. Every brain regions connect each other to do something together, especially for some very difficult task. So it's like stress, just like a a cloud in the sky. Sometimes you don't know when it rains, but it just changes everything. Yeah. So it's just, I think it just basically change your general status of the brain. Then it may just, uh, you don't know what reason, but it also may just uh, influence, may cause uh, seizures or epilepsy. Mm -hmm. If you just uh, always, every day, just uh, stay in such a high stress status, it will be very harmful for your brain, that's definitely. Yeah. Like anxiety, like depression, something, also stressful things. So I would suggest you just uh, try to be happy every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't care about the future, the past, just enjoy the moment. <laughs> that's my philosophy. <laughs> I think that's very good for us. Yeah, too. but definitely, it will just uh, have a very bad effect for daily life. Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. Also, you just talk about stress, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would think if we have some friends for the epilepsy, I would suggest that they do some something to remove the stress, mm -hmm. like meditation, mm -hmm. you know, like uh, to just uh, do some city work or something. Mm -hmm. I think this will be very helpful. It may also just... Uh, be a good treatment approach mm -hmm. because yeah when you have a very calm uh mood it may just help you just have a, a healthy brain have a very healthy life may just uh, yeah you may have i mean you have less of probability for the accident yeah so everything will become normal so i even though we don't have some very very solid evidence for that, but I would say, yeah, for the meditation, it will, or yoga, it will be a good way for the health, for mm. the epilepsy friends. Yeah. Yeah, to de-stress. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Also, yeah. Also, I'm also thinking another way, it's very promising way to just, uh, for the treatment of epilepsy. I don't know whether you heard about it. It's uh, like the neuron feedback. Oh, what's that? Uh, it's like you try to, First, we just, uh, for example, we just uh, uh, put uh, electrodes on, mm -hmm. on your brain, then we record your brain signals, wave signals. Then we just give you a feedback, like some some bars on the screen, oh, okay. how high it is. So this bars just represents uh, like the activity of the brain. So basically our task is that that's yourself to control the bar, to see how high or low, so yourself, if you have a lot of training about it, finally, you can just uh, easily control your brain. Can, mm. can you imagine this? Yes. So you can see the feedback of your brain, then you try to control it by your own way. Oh, wow. But finally, you will make it no matter what way, but you know yourself can control your brain activity. Yeah. So it means that you can, if you, for example, if some epilepsy friends, they have some focal epilepsy in some brain regions, we let them to try them to control these regions. But finally, they may try to control it. 
So it may have less probability to have seizures in that brain. Mm. So I think that's a very promising way. Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, our, our topic today is about sleep and stress. Yes, I think we have finished both of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you may just uh, curious about how I just uh, studied the epilepsy friends yeah. for, to do our experiments. Yeah. Basically, we just go to the hospital because for some of our epilepsy participants, they need to do some surgeries mm -hmm. because you know that they're seizures just happened in only some specific brain regions and it's always happened and medicine doesn't work mm. so the doctor will tell them just uh, let's try to take out these brain regions so before that they need to test their brain so they just uh, just insert a lot of elect electrodes into the brain so they can just uh, record the signals they can make sure where the seizures happen so during that time our psychologist just go there and we test their, we give, we test their uh, cognitive abilities. Yeah. We let them to do main tasks. For example, let, let them name the pictures and we let them to just uh, finish some, put out some sentences. Then we also have their uh, electrode waves. We try to find out the relation between them, between the cognitive function and the brain waves. Mm. Basically, that would help us to better understand brain. Yeah. Because their data is so precious. Yeah. You know, for example, for example, you know the Elon Musk, he has like the neuron links. Mm. He also uses uh, our brain waves. So that's the most important data for yeah. us to understand brain and control our brain in the future. Mm. Basically, it does help a lot for the science. Of course, it may also help our friends because sometimes in the in the hospitals you need to stay a lot of days a long days there and uh, we may just uh, talk with them <laughs> make them feel happier yeah, just, uh, yeah doing something course. not very boring life there <laughs> <laughs> also it's important i want to, to know that uh, sometimes how do you know that you which brain regions can be just removed mm. because our brain is like a machine i think most every part is important right? yeah of course so of course, yeah, it's like a trade-off. We want to remove some part of the brain to make sure that uh, seizures won't happen again. Mm. But I also want to make sure they they may lost some uh, cognitive functions, but that's not so important. Yeah. For example, uh, they would, for example, most of the clinicians would just uh, uh, force on the uh, like the movement. Mm. That's important. You need to walk. You need to just. Uh, use your hands, that's important things for daily life. Mm. And they also force on the language. That even we just take out these regions, the regions people can still talk a lot, still can communicate, that's important things. But other things that we need to know more thing, more knowledge about that, the brain functions. For example, we just uh, cut out the temporal lobe regions. They may just uh, ha have some very, very large impacts that we can't find easily. For example, some very weird behavior, some emotion problems, and also, yeah, such things that you may not really realize it, but you can still find it. 
Yeah. For example, you can't name the face very good, or you can't just name the, uh, just can't really remember the people. Some small problems, but may still influence your life. Yeah. Some hair, some hair cognitive function, like decision making, something. Mm. For example, if, for example, if some of our brain in the frontal lobe may have some damage, people just uh, would like to just uh, have more risk during their gambling gambling games. It's like something decision making happen, change, yeah. start to change. But I also would like to say that it's like for epilepsy subjects, for our epilepsy friends, you don't worry too much because our brain is also amazing. It just has a very large potential plasticity mm. because we have made a lot of research about um, some participants who have some resection surgery, like in the anterior temporal lobe. We found that that's totally fine. Yeah. Because for young people and for our brain, even though some of the parts uh, may be taken out, our usually the mac recovery mechanism is like the other side of the same region of our brain will quickly compensate it. So basically, you, you know that but most of them are fine after surgery, especially even they are younger, they have more chance. Of course, it's not... It's not the same situation for dementia sometimes because yeah. it's gradually changed. Very yeah. slowly, they don't have chance to recover. Also, dementia usually just happens in both of the sides of the brain. Mm. So it's not it's not really like the epilepsy. Yeah. I would have privacy, which have a lot of chance to recover many things. They yeah. have a normal life usually. Yeah. yeah. Here not only to tell you something, uh -huh. I also come here to learn something. Yeah, of course. Because, yeah, I feel like for me, I'm also curious about our epilepsy friends. Mm -hmm. And also, usually, I just, uh, I just uh, contact with the data yeah. of some green waves. We didn't really uh, contact with people. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So my question first is that, uh, because we know that for epilepsy friends, they have uh, different brain waves in the brain, not like our normal uh, Europe people. So I would like to say that whether they have more creativity than the Euro people. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Maybe they have more chance to be artists or writer or something. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I think that's I think that's such an interesting topic yeah. because I think well I'm a person with epilepsy and I I find that I go through phases of being very creative mm -hmm. and then phases of not being creative at all. Mm -hmm. But when I'm going through those phases of creativity they're they're very intense and they're very good and they're very exciting um but I think that that's definitely something that should be explored if there's some type of like relationship between epilepsy and creativity I think that that's definitely something that people should look into and research more I think that um that could be yeah 100% something to explore yeah yeah second wise lies how can we, our researcher, to really help you, uh, really help our epilepsy subjects or participants to improve their life, to solve their daily life problems? I think that... Um, what do you really need? I think that, obviously, everyone with epilepsy is different and they'll 
experience different types of difficulties, if any at all, with their epilepsy. Um, I know that for me personally, as a person with epilepsy, that I get most frustrated with cognitive impairment. That's something that I've always suffered quite badly with. Um, and it it's as though it just comes and goes as it pleases. And it's there's no kind of like um, signal for it. It just happens. So um, and often at very inconvenient times as well, I could sit down for an exam and all of a sudden, you know, all of these things that I've been revising for six months leading up to this yeah. exam is just blank. I, Everything's just gone and yeah. I can't retrieve it. It's not the same yeah. retrieval process. So Oh, you mean memory? Yeah, Six. exactly. So, but not just even memory, like in attention. general. Yeah, exactly. Memory and attention, I struggle with mostly. Um, and I think that those are things that, because it's required in so many different aspects of your life, that it becomes very frustrating. Yes. And I think that if there was more research um done on ways to improve memory and intention specifically for people with epilepsy mm -hmm. if there were any type of like things that we could do or that things that could be given to us that could improve these things then that would be potentially life-changing for a lot I, of people yeah i'm just thinking that maybe we shouldn't just only care about theories of the of psychology mm. also do some productions to really help people mm. this would be important yeah, also like one thing you said, you said to talk about cognitive function. Yeah. Right? So basically, I think we need to be more specific. Which kind of cognitive function? There's a lot of things involved in that. Yeah. So you have said memory and attention yeah. is important. Yeah. Mm. That's would be better for us to just solve one of the problems. Because for us, <laughs> for some of the psychologists, we only just study one thing in the whole life. Of course. I didn't care about the other thing. <laughs> So yeah, we're talking about memory. So what kind of memory do you think? For example, the long-term memory or just short-term working memory? Short-term working memory. Most of them or only yeah. short, especially short-term memory. Yeah. Especially the short-term, like short-term memory, especially long-term memory, yes, but it's not as, I think that, I don't know if it's less of a problem or if it's just less noticeable because I feel like I use my short-term memory way more <laughs> or at least I'm trying to <laughs> and it's not working as well as I would like <laughs> yeah I also forgot a lot of things <laughs> I forgot my meeting uh, meeting with my boss this week <laughs> but yeah it would be it would definitely be life-changing to a lot of people if there was a way that we could kind of lessen that burden um of having so many difficulties with short-term memory yeah yeah it's, it's, it's a general issue <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be well, human, yes <laughs> but uh, yeah i would say our brain is quite complex hard mm -hmm. to understand it so yeah basically you know why the epilepsy our epilepsy subjects data is so precious it has both the high spatial and the temporal res resolution. Mm. For example, we have some ways to study our brain. First way is very common now. It's like the EEG. Yeah. You just put some electrodes on your brain. It just uh, records all the electrical wave for what what whatever of persons. But the problem for this method is that 
it's quite close. They don't know which area really work for this uh, for this brain waves. So you can't really record the specific areas of brain. On the other way, we also use something like MRI or CT. Yeah. It's very accurate things. They can just locate your brain regions. But the problem for them is that you don't know the the temporal temporal waves. They are very slow things. But our you know, our cognitive functions quite quickly yeah. happen within one second. So they can't study the temporal, the, the timing things. So basically, however, for our epilepsy research, they have both. You just have the electrodes in the brain. So you know exactly where the electrode is. Mm -hmm. Also, they record very quickly brain waves. So it means that they have both advantages. So it's so important for our research. Yeah. Basically, you can see that because uh, I work in China before, yeah. also United States, also UK. Oh, wow. Uh, I, yeah. So in all the countries, they all do such, such research for the epilepsy subjects. Yeah. Yeah. And also, to be, on, to be very practical, already all of the research that's uh, published in very good journals, if you know, like the something nature, something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's very important for our research. Yeah, of course. Do you have any other questions that you'd <laughs> like to ask me? Uh, yeah. I mean, when you were speaking about the EEGs, yeah, it just reminded yeah. me how much I hate those. Oh, yeah. Oh. Because you use a lot of them, right? Yeah. You can, you can talk about experience about EG study. They were... Because we use a lot for the investigate, investigate. I've had so many done, and I just remember... um The older I got, I didn't mind them as much, but I remember when I was in high school, or if I had something planned afterwards that I had to attend, I used to hate it because the glue that they use yes, gets uh, uh, and you have to pick it out or like try and wet your hair and comb it out and it would yes, just be like uh, really thick gel. Yes. Like, oh, it was awful. It was so awful. So you need to wash your hair wash your hair before that. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's always <laughs> but who knows that nowadays they don't need to use gels anymore. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, that's a problem for EGs, yeah. Yeah, we can talk more. Oh, yes, also, we also try to work on more things about some algorithm mm -hmm. to automatically identify the epilepsy wave. So nowadays, uh, we, only the experienced doctors can just look at the EEG maps and uh, find out which wave is epilepsy waves. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, Many people just uh, try to write some code, some algorithm to just uh, automatically uh, identify them. Oh, wow. This will be very helpful. Yeah. yeah. In the future, just quickly, you can just identify which, which is the uh, scissors and uh, you can quickly find it. Yeah, Hopefully, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, you can just predict it, predict it mm. maybe. Yeah, like you try to predict the earthquake or something yeah, of, of forecast. Yeah. Mm. It would be a uh, good news. Is there? Um... It won't be too difficult because nowadays, you know, we have very good AI computers to calculate oh, yeah, very absolutely. quickly. Yeah.
is there any advice that you would give to either people with epilepsy or students with epilepsy in general is there any advice that you would give to them in terms of um how to like I don't know I'm deleting this <laughs> my well, stopped working and I was like what was I gonna say I, <laughs> I told you this would happen know, yeah. at least one time uh, yeah <laughs> I would I would tell you my thinking about our our brains mm. yeah basically I think for our human beings mm -hmm. it's very hard for us to totally understand the brain mechanism understand its working ways so yeah my suggestion is like like the chat GPT or some large models, you just use the data. Yeah. And then it works. It's doing something. Yeah. It's okay. Don't care about the mechanism. Yeah. Care about theories. Just put the data inside. Let them solve the problem. Hmm. I think that's a new way that's ChatGPT that's recently just teach me. Yeah. So basically I'm I'm thinking also as well, just to put all the uh, see the data into the computer, just to help them they will help us to solve anything yeah good yeah then that's okay yeah um, helps understand it more yes yeah you don't need to just uh, really understand how it happens something yeah uh, also there's an i don't know whether you have tried you know, heard about it some like stimulation way to do the treatment for the scissors what is it it's like they have some magnetic or electric Simulation, mm -hmm. like in the focal uh, scissor regions, so it may influence their activity. So maybe it will help them to just prevent the scissor happening again. Oh wow! Yeah, interesting. Like the TMI or TCIs to do something. They have to do some experiments like this to mm. just uh, prevent the uh, epilepsy. I think they also do some similar things like in the ADHD or depression. It's had done a lot. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it can also have happened in the epilepsy uh, treatment. I feel like there's so many, so many advancements and yeah, yeah, research yeah. now that it's so, so hard to yeah. keep track. Of. It's so good, right. but it's so hard to keep track of it all and to know exactly where we are into um even into like understanding what we still need to know and like what we already know because there's just I feel like people are constantly producing like more and more research like that's so helpful to like understanding these different conditions and how we can either treat them or whether it's treating them or curing them or just like helping them or anything like this it's it's seems to be like constant it seems to be like people are really pushing for it which is so good because before they're just, they always felt like there was such a lack of research, especially when it came to things like epilepsy and ADHD. Like it just mm. felt like there wasn't really that much out there. Mm. And now it's so good that it's, it feels like people are very focused on these things. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. A lot here. Yeah. Even though many of them are rubbish, but <laughs> <laughs> not yours though. Oh, especially if one. No, no. Who knows? <laughs> anyway, yeah. I I can confirm that more research coming. Yeah. Yeah. But who knows what will happen? Yeah. It's a research because they don't know whether yeah. it's right or not. So it needs time to prove it. Yeah. It's best for nowadays, you know, 
so many new things happen every day. Yeah. Yeah. We can't know everything. It's not that in all the time, only to know one thing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing really happened every day. But no, it's totally hard. A lot of like the information. Yeah. Going. We'll need to do like a catch up like a catch up with thing episode in the future where we see where your research is at oh. <laughs> <laughs> and just have a follow up for me yes <laughs> you can't find me yeah <laughs> you run away <laughs> if you could maybe i quit who knows yeah <laughs> yeah let's see i don't know maybe i will yeah, hope I can do something finally. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, my dream is really to try to help the the real people. Yeah. Help our lives to do something can really change the society. Yeah, that's my as a scholar, that's my hope. Yeah. Yeah. Also really happy that you invite me here. Yeah. To talk about all these things. Yeah, I really appreciate you. Even though I don't know this. how many people will listen to this. <laughs> well, hopefully loads. <laughs> we'll try and promote it as best as we can. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Talk about how many how many you think that's that's many. Hmm. I'm aiming, I don't know. Let's aim high. Uh -huh. Let's aim high and then we'll maybe manifest it and it'll happen. Hundreds. Let's uh, <laughs> yeah, hundreds. Let's 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 set like a I don't know. I see. Okay. Um, uh, 400 people are going to listen to this. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. I will... We'll see. I'll let you know. Yeah. I have a big family. I can let them. Oh, oh good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just make all of them uh, listen to I have 100. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it's, this episode is too popular, I think you can just uh, invite me every week. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll just need to keep having more and more. Yeah, we can talk about different things. Yeah, yeah. we'll break the internet. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, thank you so much again yeah. for joining us. Thanks for having me. That's yeah. a very precious experience for me. Yeah. It's my first time to do the podcast and I really enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think you've done very well. Really? Yeah, better than I have. Ah, uh, because I'm drunk. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> okay. See you. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs>